the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dr. Trudy Podcast, where together we learn to choose faith over fear, contentment over chaos, where we discover what it takes to live a life of victory. Dr. Trudy Simmons has a PhD in counseling. She's a certified life coach, a television host. She's completed 12 Ironman competitions. But if you were to ask her who she is, she'd tell you she's a woman of faith, a wife, and a mother. She's an overcomer with a calling and a gift for helping others to pull through the tough stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Here again is Dr. Trudy. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. I hope you're doing great today. And we are so glad that you are joining us. You know, The Christian View, um, we're taking a little break from the studios again this month and we'll head back into the studios in March. So make sure that you are ready um, to check out those new shows. But anyway, today I have the privilege of sitting with Lisa Daggs. Thank you so much for being here. We've been trying to get this together for what, maybe two years? Maybe two years, Dr. Trudy, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting me. You are so welcome. You know, we were talking before, you know, God's timing is always perfect. And so just hearing a little bit more about your testimony, Lisa, I know that those who tune in or who will watch later or listen to my podcast, they're going to be so blessed by your testimony and how the Lord has just orchestrated your life for such a time as this. So we titled this um, segment, You Are Enough. And I want, you know, yep, your new CD has just, it came out yesterday, right? Yesterday was my 33rd year of accepting Christ. Amen. And so we we actually um, timed it at 11-11 because that's my sobriety date, too. Amen. So those, those, you know, numbers are important to me to recount and remember, you know, uh, how far he's brought me from, which I will share, you know, I... Yeah. Someone says, oh, man, did you know she was a drug addict? And I'm like, well, hey, you know, it's like, go ahead and read the book because it's all in there. You know, people like, it's not a secret, y'all. It's not. And you know what, Lisa? None of us are perfect. Uh, we all have our struggles, right? We may just wear them differently, but we all have struggles. And so um, I love the title of your CD, You Are Enough, because God wants people to know today that they are enough. So let's let our viewers just know a little bit about Lisa, where did you come from? How did you grow up? Um, well, I was born in Hollywood and I was raised in Sacramento, California. We lived in like the Merced area for a while in Madera, and but we went, we went into the um, Sacramento area and I uh, went to school um, through, you know, uh, kindergarten through high school and some college in Sacramento. That was my hometown. And after, after high school, I moved up to Lake Tahoe and I worked on the mountains. Um, I'm a skier. Nice. So, yeah. I would pack, I packed the world cup, um, 
one year at Heavenly Valley. And then I was a lifeguard and also worked the mountain at Squaw Valley for quite a while. Okay. I had a a summer job as a lifeguard. I actually had to pull out a Turkish wrestler. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who jumped off the diving board and thought he'd dive too deep and just smash, you know, just blood everywhere. And here's little Lisa. (laughs) People are buoyant in water. Amen. Yes. Thankfully. (laughs) I drove in after him and twisted him around and climbed up his body and brought him out and got him safe. But You know, there's so many things. My mom and dad divorced when I was 10. I have had two older brothers. I have one now. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, addiction um, ran rampant in my family. And my parents divorced. And when when my dad left and when they separated, it was such a shock to me, Trudy, because... I didn't know they had problems. You know, I'm little Lisa and I'm struggling and clamoring for some attention from my dad. I really didn't remember ever sitting on his lap, even being the the little girl. He was was a a restaurant entrepreneur. He was a gambler. Uh, He is in the book, The Last Mafioso. Um, and, um, And women. He had trouble with women, and that's what crashed their marriage at 26 years. Wow. And how old were you then? I I was 10. Okay. So I felt like I didn't know my dad, and yet the greatest hero in my life had just walked out. Right. And it's like, I'm never going to know my dad. You know, I'm not his little princess. I'm not, I remember sitting on his foot, you know, and like when he'd get home from work, I know drag you around with the foot, you know, walking with you on it, hanging onto their leg. But I didn't really have a relationship with my dad. And, um, that was, that was very troubling that, you know, Did because you feel like it was your fault, the divorce at all. Cause you know, children sometimes take on that burden, that responsibility at that I young of an age. You want to know how I found out about it? Being um, a swimmer and a lifeguard, I was on the swim team in our um, our neighborhood uh, cabana club. And this mean girl, <laughs> I won't say her name, shouts out as I'm on the three-meter board, the high board. This right. is how I found out. Hey, Lisa, I heard your parents are getting divorced. Oh, no. And I said, no, they're not. And she said, yes, they are. My mom read it in the paper. Oh. And I'm standing up there. Crushed. Naked. Right. I was, I was shocked. I was embarrassed. I, 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 at, at 10, you don't really know how you feel. Right. So I dove off the board and I swam under the rope and I swam all the way down the Olympic sized pool without take to coming up for air. Right. I got out of the steps and I went into the ladies room and I changed my clothes and I rode my Schwinn home because, and I wrote my mom a letter. Like, I don't know what's going on. What's going on. You know, um, that's how I found out. Isn't it amazing how our memories are so vivid at, at traumatic points of our life? You know, that those memories, yeah. And, you know, the, the enemy loves to use those those memories to keep us in fear and keep us in isolation, right? But the the Lord wants us to be healed from those. You know, which I'm, we're going to talk about that because you've gone on a hit healing journey in your Ooh. life. But, um, oh, it's been up and down, baby. <laughs> I know, but the beauty of it is, I love roller coasters. Yeah. I'm not in life. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're like, let's just have a a drama-free year, you know, but but God uses each situation if we let him to use it for his glory and to turn it around. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But so that was when you were 10. So we, we would visit my dad. He moved to Concord, which is about an hour away. And we'd stay with him every now and then. It's supposed to be every other weekend, but that didn't really happen. And, you know, I think I was always into pleasing. I, you know, I had my nails done right. I wanted to look right. I wanted right. to have clothes. I wanted to notice me, you know, notice me, daddy, you know, and it never really happened until later in life. And um, my insecurities and my pain, uh, you know, you, you start with the small stuff and weed and, um, which I can't believe the things that they're allowing to be legal these days. It's oh, yes. insanity. Insanity. Yes. Um, I can't even own a gun because of the cocaine addiction that I had, you know, 33 years I'm clean and sober. Right. Um, but, you know, just, I wanted something to take away the pain and it worked for a while. It worked for a while until, you know, I got arrested because I got arrested before I was 21 for reckless, a wet reckless. And then I worked at a place called TGI Fridays. Right. I was a master bartender and a good one. And that's where I learned to drink. And that took some of the pain away. But then you create your own pain. Because the first thing to go when you're drunk is your judgment. And you wake up and you go, who are you? Right. Yeah. 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 Upon shame upon shame, you know. Mm -hmm. And when my mom found the weed in in high school and in my pockets, of course, I was holding it for a friend. Of course. (laughs) Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye. Um, And it gets to a place where that stuff doesn't work for you anymore. And so you trade up. Trade down. Really. You trade down. You trade down. <laughs> you trade down. Even though they're telling you you're trading up, oh, this is so much better. Right. Yeah. My addictions fast forward because of time led me to a thousand dollar a day rock cocaine habit. And I worked in the casinos. Um, music was always a part of our family. We were more, my mom was like, seriously, country? And I'm really not country. I mean, I've won a lot of awards for country things. And, right. and I do have some that were like country. But it's kind of more like a Bonnie Raitt. Uh, this one was probably the most country. It's called Love is the Bottom Line. We had You have 10, right, so far? You have we have 10, 10 now. 10, okay. 10 now. This one came out yesterday. I love, I love that one. You are enough. So I just, I love it. How did the journey start for the 10 CDs? Um, like, when I, did you know you wanted to sing and you wanted to? My first solo was age three. Really? Madera, California. Uh-huh. It was a day that they dedicated to our family called Dag's Day. And I sang on the piano bench at the pulpit and sang a song called I Love to Go to Sunday School. And I was three. Right. And I always wanted to sing. And it just so wild. My mom was like, country? Because, I mean, I was raised on the Rat Pack and um, Dusty Springfield. And, you know, and I still love her voice. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I still I have kind of this bluesy rock and God's been good to me. I mean, I, I can sing, I can sing jazz, I can sing whatever. He just has been very good to me. He's been very patient and very kind through my addiction. So um to shorten the journey of the trauma, um I got clean and sober. I fought the law and the what? What? So what? Law, your t- law one. <laughs> you fought the law and the law one. So what was your turning point 
for you to say, okay, enough is enough. Four arrests. Okay. I've been a felon. I had a tour lined up to go overseas with my own all-girl band called Lisa Daggs with a touch of class. Right. And we were going to go celebrate and sing to all the military men all over Japan and uh, Korea. We're going to go to Australia. Lisa Daggs, a touch of class. I was singing up at Lake Tahoe and all the big casinos. Right. So we were living the life. You know, we looked like the Robert Palmer girls. Hair stacked to the heavenly skies, you know, and we had our tux tails on and our short skirts and our heels and our, we had it going on. So we thought, you know, and, and it was fun because you know what, you know, Dr. Trudy, sin is fun for a season. Well, now, Lisa, were you a a believer at this time? I accepted the Lord when I was young. I totally believed in the Lord the whole time. Right. I just was choosing not to live for him. And um, my dreams weren't happening fast enough. So I was going to help the Lord out. That's right. <laughs> we love helping the Lord out, don't we? <laughs> it was a big old mess. I was a miss mess. And so that last time I had left my, 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 um, I was dealing. Right. Uh, I had a thousand dollar a day rock cocaine habit. I was smoking it. I was dealing it to support a habit. And I left my purse in a bar. And I went back the next day to get it. And the guy said, you're going to have to get it from the sheriff's department. Oh, wow. And I had been up for 10 days. No food, just alcohol and rock cocaine. Right. And I saw him at my mom's house bringing the teal leather purse in his hand. I saw the sheriff's car. I had a triple beam in my trunk. I had, you know, all kinds of scales and stuff. And I drove by our house and I was freaking out because one, I'd been up for 10 days. I mean, do I need to say more? And and I was like, finally, you know what, Judy? I drove right up to him. Oh, you did? I drove right up to him. He was, he had gone to the door and I'm like driving around the block and I'm kind of like, you know, (laughs) maybe you won't notice me, you know? And I just, I just drove up to him and I said, I think you're looking for me. And uh, he oh, goes, boldness that took, you know, that took boldness. I said, I think you're looking for me. Yeah. He said, is this your purse? I said, it is. He said, are these your drugs? I said, they are. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm going to use one little cuss word. It's not real, real bad because when you don't believe in Jesus, this is where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me see your ID. Yeah. And he looked at my ID. He looked at me. He looked at my ID. He looked at me and he says, you look like hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, 10 days, no food. And I looked gray. And, you know, we thought we talked for about a half hour out in front of my mom's house. And, you know, for a minute, I talked my way out of so many things. For a minute, he wasn't going to take me downtown. But that's not how it happened that day. Do you think you were ready, Lisa, at that point? And that's what made you go and approach? I'm sorry to over speak over you. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I I believe I was just so tired, Trudy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. You know, it, I just got to the end of my rope, and and I I made a I made a deal with God. I didn't made I had made them before. I think we all have, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> be on if you get me out of this mess. I promise I'll never do this again. Yeah. But this time, you know, I was sitting in the jail cell and the girls were rocking back and forth on meth and picking their scabs. And, and I had this pious thing because, you know, I mean, I, I was, 
I was happening. I was going, you know, we were in Tahoe and we were going on a tour. And what am I doing? I don't belong in here. I had that attitude. Right. They all bailed out before me and I'm still sitting there and I'm like, okay, God. How long were you in? 10 hours. 10 hours. Okay. And that was a, and that one was a strip search. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Because of the drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had time to talk to the Lord. You know, I believed, I believed my mom, my mom was a saint. Right. The closest thing to an angel I ever met in my life. The closest thing to an angel. And um, I just said, Lord, you know, how did I, how did I get here? It was a Sunday. Right. How did I get here? And I heard that still small voice. And he said, compromise. Mm, compromise. Because of your compromise, these are your consequences. Right. And I was like, if you get me out of this mess, because someone came in and told me I was facing three to five. Right. I said, I will. That'll sober you up. I mm-hmm. I was thinking about all kinds of ways I was going to stay safe in prison, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, ah! Right, right. And I said, if, if you get me out of this mess, I promise you today, I will never quit telling people what you've done for me. And I got, I was 33 years clean and sober November 11th. Amen. And 10th CD and God's faithfulness, his faithfulness has been amazing. I went through a brutal divorce. Right. How long were you married? 12 and a half. Okay. And uh, he was a player. Yeah. My dad. Hmm. And uh, met him at church. Ladies, careful. Right, right, right. Get to know. Get to know this person. Know how they argue. Know how they fight. Uh, and know how they love. I was just going to say that. You're absolutely right. Know how they love. Yeah, right. Because it's so true. I mean, the greatest thing we have is love. And if someone doesn't know how to love, then you're in trouble from day one. It's always missing. Yeah. You're always still striving. Right. You know, and a man really does have to have the love of the father. Yes. He has to have the love of the father and love his wife. And I have one now. We've married five years. And oh, congratulations. But, you know, I just am, I'm blown away, you know, just how good God has been. Yes. And I'm telling you, if you have someone in your life that's using and drinking, you don't, you don't understand Then when they wake up. That substance, the food, the shopping, the porn, the whatever it is, starts calling their name. Right. Starts talking in their ear. And you mentioned a great book that I am going to read. Yes, it's called Chasing the Scream. And it's all about how addicts really are struggling for their next fix or their next. And it, it doesn't it doesn't stop. It's constantly screaming in their head. And so as a counselor and someone who's had family, a family line of addiction. I mean, for me, that was a great eye-opening book. So I was like, you know what? It made, it made me think a little bit differently about someone who's struggling with a drug addiction or a porn right. addiction, um, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's called um, Chasing the Scream. Very good book. I'm definitely going to read that yeah. because that's, that's what happens. It's not that we don't love you. Right. It's not that we don't... Um, we don't want to lie to you. Mm-hmm. We want you to love us. And so we lie. Right. Um, I wasn't to the point of, you know, like stealing and, and doing that, but um, man, I, I was a, I was a big fat mess and God, 
God had called me into ministry, I know, as a young one, and I was running. Yeah. But you know what? I couldn't outrun his love. Amen. Amen. We're not fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of my rope, at the end of my thing, at the end of that strip search, at the end of them picking their scabs and looking at me, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh. God finally humbled me, and I said, if you can get me out of this one, I'm telling you. You know yeah. what I said? I promise. And I can say that I've kept that promise today. Amen. Well, you're doing so many amazing things. So let's talk about how you found your God-given purpose for life. Because you're doing, I mean, you're, you're speaking, you're traveling, you're sharing the gospel, you know. And so what the enemy meant for good, right? God flipped God, it. He flipped it. And so your life is a living testimony of the goodness of God in the land of the living. So let's just talk a little bit about your purpose, your God-given purpose. My God-given purpose, I think the best the best feeling is when I am singing on stage and I see someone's face and they get it. Mm, that's they good. get the words that are in these CDs. Right. You know, forgiveness is a powerful thing. Huge. Forgiveness is so powerful. I mean, and you know where it has to start. Right. Absolutely. And so I did, I did, I went through AA and NA and all that. Uh, my mom took me to Teen Challenge, which I'm a huge oh. advocate. I love Teen Challenge. Yes, I do a lot of things with them, but I wasn't, I'd been raised in the church and I'd been down at the river and, you know, with the keggers and come home on Friday night and they're hooping and hollering and the doors, you know, the screen doors open. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I got to go inside this place. I got to walk. I got to walk past them. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, y'all have to like pray that loud. I mean, this is, this is my house too. Are people calling my mom, mom, you know, yeah, yeah. mom and dad divorced. And then she remarried mm-hmm. mom and dad. And it's like, you know, you got one daughter. You don't have 16, 20. Right. She would, she was, she was amazing. She'd drive her Lincoln. My dad had six restaurants and she'd have her houndstooth suit on and her, and her gloves. And, and she'd get out and we lived across the street from an elementary school and they'd be smoking weed and she'd go down and crouch down. And she was probably five, six and a half slender rocking it, you right, know, right. and walk over there and squat down and say, hi, I'm Eileen and I live right there. And, um, she, she, kind of trick them she'd say you know what we have about 40 to 60 youth and young people that come over to our house on friday night and they eat and all this so i want to invite you over to come meet some people (laughs) she's an evangelist yeah and then she'd be baptizing them in her tub (laughs) i love it so lisa we just have a few more minutes you know we we titled this you are enough because your new cd is called you are enough Right. Um, let's just speak to some people right now who are just feeling like, you know what, I don't measure up. You know, maybe they just walked through the biggest storm of their life. You know, maybe they're just they're looking they look in the mirror every day and they struggle. Let's speak to those who are hurting and feeling like they're just not enough. Let me tell you, I had I was a host of Reality Check Recovery Talk on the radio on Salem Network, um, the Fish in Sacramento. We had twenty seven countries and forty seven states that listened to it, and I had guests every week. It was a one hour show, and they tell their life of what life was like, what happened, what it's like now. So they told their childhood, the tragedy that happened, and how Christ brought them out. Right. And I want to tell you, we aren't enough. Without Christ. Amen. Amen. He's the reason that we are enough. Mm-hmm. 
died for everything that is messed up in us, in our head, in our heart, mm-hmm. the things that we have allowed ourselves or our bodies to be used in a certain way. But through Christ, we are enough. We are more than enough. Right. He says we're more than conquerors. And um, he adores you. He's just waiting for you to bow to him. Amen. Take me. Take all of me. Take all of this fear, anger, um, resentments, um, self-pity. Right. Yes. All this stuff that I've been carrying, and I want to give it to you. Give it, take this from me so I don't have to feel this pain. And I have to come in my life, come into my heart. And, and, and what I said just yesterday on Facebook is I didn't just want him to be savior of my mess. I had to have him Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. Lord of my life and, and, and to where he guides me. Do I slip and fall? Yeah. Get up, dust myself off and make the apologies I need to make. Mm-hmm. Get real. Once you let it all out, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all about, it's everything in this book. Lisa.net forward slash social. You can order the new CD. You can order any of these. But if you have someone in your life that's struggling and you need someone to talk to them that has been through it, I'm your girl. And how can they get in touch with you again? Lisa at LisaDags.net. And if you want to get the new CD... I am not releasing it to CD Baby or any of the streaming stations. I'm done with a ninth of a penny every time they pay right. my songs. But they can get all of these. I just I just spent $6,000 to get all my CDs on global distribution. Amen. Except this one. Mm, that's a good one. one at lisadags.net um, and order it there because I want to recoup. Amen. You know, I'm tired of giving the music away. We we have to pay for this stuff, y'all. So. Amen. You know, I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. And so we're gonna pray blessings over your ministry, Thank over you. your finances. Thank you so much for Jesus. Yes. You know, it's funny. My word is for the year is believe. And as you were telling, talking about, you know, we have to give it over to Jesus. We have to give him. We have to surrender. But we also have to believe that he is for us. And he did. He died. If it was just you. He would have died. He would have sent his son to die on the cross so that we would have, be able to live and have eternal life. And so we've got to believe it. It's right there. It's like someone giving you a gift and you're just looking at it. God is saying, take it. It is yours. Open it. You've got, yeah, you've got to open it. You've got to believe that all of what has God has for us is yes and amen. And, That's so, right. and believe and, you know, and trust. Right. And don't be afraid to be real. Don't hide behind a facade. Because you're going to hide the whole time. And someone else needs to hear your story. Right. You know, That's vulnerability awesome. breeds vulnerability. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to spend an hour talking to someone who's not telling me the truth. So yeah. it's like a waste of their time and my breath and their breath. And it's like, why? As we close, that's where the enemy wants to keep us. He wants us to keep us in fear because we're afraid. I mean, statistically, um, 95% of people sitting on the church pews are wearing a mask because they're afraid to be real, because they're afraid of the shame, guilt, and condemnation that people are going to pursue them, you know? But, yeah, the judgment. But, you know, who are we to judge, right? 
who are we to judge? And, and um, on me, I know I'm like, we, we, like we started off this, the conversations. We all have our stuff, you know, we just wear it differently. And so if we can be real, it talks about, um, you know, when you turn on a light switch, what does it do? It, it, the darkness goes away right. and there's freedom when you can speak. And again, you might not want to tell everybody, you know, Jesus had three close friends and he had 12 and he had 120. But ask the Lord when to tell, who to tell and how much to tell. Because I tell everybody, mm-hmm. because that's me. Yeah. I did talk too much during uh, the divorce because I was a rail and I was devastated and right. people asked what's wrong. And I, t- I talked way too much. So you are, you, you are right. Some people need to keep their, keep their friends close. Mm-hmm. Make sure you can trust them because as you're sharing, as you're believing is your word for this right. year. And as you're trusting uh, your realness, your soul bearing your ugliness, your sin, um, you don't need that spread out. Right. No. You know? And no. And no one can judge you because no one is perfect. There was one and they crucified him. That's right. That's right. So, so true. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. I'm going to pray us out. And come to Atlanta and be part of the panel. Um, oh, yeah, I'll be there. Season. Yeah. We need a road trip. It's only, you know, three and a half hours for me. It's not bad. It's, it's not a whole area. So. Yeah. So it's not far at all. So we just thank you, Lord, that everybody listening today, whether by podcast, radio, YouTube, Facebook, Lord, that they will have a supernatural love encounter with you that rocks their world and changes their life. Father God, we pray against all shame, guilt and condemnation. We just declare and decree that that has to go back into the pit of hell, Father God, because you are a God of love, of restoration. You're a God who um, doesn't condemn us. Because you love us. And so, Father God, I just pray blessings upon each person listening today. I pray for, for healing where there needs to be healing. I pray that you give them hope. And I pray that each person can believe for their breakthrough through the power of Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thanks for tuning in to The Christian View. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Learn more and get in touch with us at trudysimmons.net. That's trudysimmons.net. And help us to reach others with these encouraging messages of hope and inspiration by simply sharing them with your friends on your favorite social media platform. God bless, and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon, right here on the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.